If you've listened to this show enough or have watched any of the videos on my YouTube channel, you know that I love figuring out productivity systems. And one of the rules I have for workplace productivity is this. If I have to write it twice, I'm creating a template. Hello, my Time Crunch teachers, and welcome to the show. This is your team teacher, Marielle DeRosier, here to help you optimize your teaching, technology, and time management. Today, we're talking about email templates so that you can write faster and get back to people in a timely fashion because nothing is worse than having to spend your prep period responding to emails. Well, that and losing your prep period to have to go sub. I'll be covering the following topics today, how to enable templates in Gmail, the types of templates that I use, and samples of what I include in the template text. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, you know, why bother with templates? You know, shouldn't I be writing individual responses? And that's true. That is absolutely correct. But I have found as a teacher, regardless of whatever grade I taught, there were basically frequently asked questions, either from students or parents that came up a lot. And having a basic template, a how to a quick answer for those people kept me from having to rewrite the same email. But more importantly, make sure I didn't leave out any steps if they were asking a question about maybe homework submission if it was online or how to navigate to a part of Google Classroom. So that's why I love templates because they save me the time of having to think up common responses to emails. And it's also much faster than copy paste because I don't have to go searching for the template in another location or tab or in my Google Drive. You can preload all of your templates directly to Gmail. Now, obviously I'll be focused on Gmail because most schools use the Google Apps for Education, but most email clients or programs have some sort of function where you can save templates. But I want to walk through how to set it up in Gmail because it's important that these steps are done correctly so that it becomes a click and go system once you're ready to start implementing it. So if you have the computer in front of you, what you want to do is obviously sign into Gmail, go to the top right settings wheel, click see all settings, then the advanced tab, then make sure that template is enabled is turned on and then scroll down to save settings. Now that we've made sure that template settings is on in Gmail, you don't have to do that step again. It is enabled moving forward. What we're going to do now is I'm going to walk you through how to set up maybe your first template and then that way you can edit however you want. So make sure you're in Gmail, click compose to open up a blank email just like you've always done to write an email. Now if you have an email signature that you've already loaded on the bottom, go ahead and highlight all of it and delete it. Now the reason why this is important is when you are making your template in your email for whatever type of template you're going to have, you have to delete your signature that first time that you're creating that draft. Otherwise, it'll go and reinsert it twice on all of your emails moving forward. So just make sure you delete it this first time and you're good to go. Now type your template content and we'll talk about what my template content looks like in a moment and click the three dots at the bottom right of the email and select templates save as draft templates, and then save as a new template. Name your template something obvious like missing work reminder or positive note home or whatever the content is. Click save. 
and you're done. Now, when you need to pull up that template, simply hit compose like you're writing an email to open up a new blank email, but select the three dots at the bottom of the email to open up settings, choose template and insert the template from your list and you're done. So to recap, we need to make sure that our template settings is enabled in Gmail. We're going to type up the type name and type of template you're going to create and now you're good to go. Now let's talk through the types of templates that as a elementary and middle school teacher I use the most. The first one is a missing work <laughs> template. Now, if this is for lower elementary, generally I'm writing this to the parents, although you know your students, so you know whether or not the kids, you know, read their email or not. Um, I found younger kids tend not to, however, middle and high school definitely do. So I like having a template that is just reminding a student or their family that a piece of work is missing. And it'll say something like this. I noticed you were missing blank assignment. Please let me know if you'd like some assistance with the assignment. And if you want, if you teach middle or high school and you have sort of big projects or big check-ins, you could even put a date. Hey, just a reminder, the first check-in due date is, and then you put the date in. And I found that the, that template was very helpful because often a student or family just didn't realize that they, oh, they forgot to turn it in or they didn't hit the submit button if it was Google Classroom or whatever it might be. The next template I like to have is a positive note home. And it'll say something like, hey, this this is just a quick note to say, you know, student name did a fantastic job in class today. They worked super hard on and then name the task and add one or two extra little lines and hit send. Now I know that positive notes home feel a little more special when they're personalized. So this template is just that baseline to sort of remind me how I want to start the email and maybe something I want to include. And then I add my personalization as I'm typing it, of course. The next type of template I like to have is a reminder or actually maybe just letting parents know when the parent teacher or family teacher conference times are. So I just create a template that says, thank you so much for signing up for parent teacher conferences, your date and time will be and then I fill in what they need. And that's super helpful for one, obviously notifying the families, although I also like to send home a paper reminder or whatever it might be a schedule. And then having the email that not only tells them what it is, but you can schedule send an email to go the night before as a reminder. So for example, if you want to preload all the reminder emails to the families that says, hey, just a reminder, your conference is tomorrow at such and such time, you can actually schedule send those by clicking the drop down arrow next to send in the email and you can pick the day and time. So I like to spend, you know, maybe the prep period or the Friday before the week of parent teacher conferences. And I pre write out using my template, all of those reminders, hey, just remind your conferences tomorrow, but then I schedule send them for the actual day before their conference is. And it's really nice because you know that a reminder is going out and you don't have to remember to send those out every single day. The other very, very common question I get a lot from families and students is any sort of commonly asked tech questions dealing with your learning management system or Google Classroom or Seesaw or whatever sort of online platform you use to communicate assignments or due dates or post um, announcements to families, there's often very common questions like, how do I submit an assignment? Or how do I 
you know, reply to a message in that system, whatever it might be. And a lot of times your district or your school will have resources, whether it's videos or documentation of the how to's. But I like creating an email template that has maybe three or four of these frequently asked questions. So that if people says, hey, I'm having a hard time navigating my child's Google Classroom, can you help me find when their math project is due or whatever it might be, you can have a response and a template that's like, thank you so much for reaching out. Here are some great tutorials on how to navigate Google Classroom. Or if they're just asking something very simple, like how to check on their students attendance, you can have that linked in as well. So once your school year starts, and you're notice you're getting similar questions um, about how to navigate one of those online systems, create a template that has all those FAQs. And that way you can reply with it. And it has all the resources for the families. The next email that template that I think is really important is any sort of changes to schedule, or often in the US, at least, we have a lot of Monday holidays. And so I just like to send out a, a quick reminder. So I'll put that in a template that basically says, you know, hello, families, just a quick reminder that we won't be having school on Monday in observance of, you know, whatever holiday it might be. And that's really nice to have. And like I said, I can schedule send those to go out the Thursday or Friday before, and the families will, will get them. And what's great about templates is you can set them up you know, whenever you want. And so if you have a prep period that's free, and you're looking ahead at the month coming up and seeing maybe some holidays or days off or special schedules that often happens for when teachers are doing professional development, it's nice to get those templates set up, you know, preload in the parents emails and then schedule send those to go out as reminders. And you don't have to remember to do it on that actual day or that week before or whatever it might be. The other type of template that I think is worth noting is sometimes, for example, perhaps a parent reached out about a disciplinary issue, and you think it would be better to have an in-person conversation and meeting, you can create a template that suggests that conversation and lists open slots for a day or time when you're available. So sometimes I found that especially when I was a dean of students, if I got too caught up in the email game of going back and forth with parents or trying to explain maybe more nuanced situations with them over email, I have a hard time myself communicating tone in email. And I think tone is open to interpretation when somebody reads an email. And so I found that phone calls and in person meetings were much more effective in terms of communication. So often, you know, a parent might be writing me an email and, and wanting more details or wanting to understand a situation better. And I would rather have a, a phone call conversation. So there could be a little bit more back and forth. So creating an email template that basically says, you know, thank you so much for reaching out. I really appreciate it. And I think an in-person conversation or a telephone conversation would be really beneficial. You know, I am open during these, you know, days and times, please let me know when you are available and we can have a conversation. I think that that's really important. And having those ready to go means that you can just answer really quickly, especially if it's the type of thing where, you know, family members might need to check on their work schedule or when they're available. So having those preloaded with approximate days or times when you can meet with them is super helpful because you can fire off that email really quick, maybe first thing in the morning or during a break, and then they can spend some time looking at their schedule of when they can come in and meet with you. The other very uh, common emails I get is especially when I'm a second grade teacher, or I'm sort of the te the student's main teacher, and then maybe they go to somebody else for art, or they go to somebody else for science or whatever it might be. 
that parents and families feel more comfortable reaching out to that, you know, maybe homeroom uh, teacher. And but it's questions that maybe should go to somebody else. So I like creating email templates that basically list other people that they might need to go to for help. Because sometimes they reach out to me, but they really should be contacting that other person. And I totally understand why they would reach out to me, especially since sometimes it's really hard to navigate a school website and find those other people. Um, Or if it's like my own sons, they mispronounce the teacher's names. And so I'm like looking for a name that doesn't exist. And so I think having a template ready to go with other contact is super helpful. So for example, in my list of other people, I have a link to the attendance office. So often families obviously need to report absences, or if they're going to be out for a vacation or wherever it might be. So having that ready to go. Tech assistance is also a, a high one that students all have Chromebooks. And so it's often much more efficient and helpful for them if they can contact the tech department. And so I have some templates lined up of how, whether it's submitting a ticket or calling the tech department or emailing them, those are ready to go. So I like to create a template with that contact information of those departments so that it's quickly and easily accessible for families. And also so a family can kind of look back on that one email if they save it and see all these different names and places of people that they can contact. All right, so to recap, you're going to want to create a set of email templates as they become necessary. So I definitely wouldn't think that you would need to create all of these, you know, before school started, this sort of becomes as needed as the first couple weeks come by, you'll notice you'll be getting the same sort of questions or families reaching out about the same sort of thing. So it's really nice to have those templates uh, ready to go as those questions come up as you're noticing, hey, you know, what? I feel like I've answered this question two or three times, you know, maybe I should just create a template and then you're good to go. So speaking of emails, if you're interested in hearing about how I process all of my emails in well under 15 minutes a day, then check out my podcast episode and YouTube video all about the perfect way to get through all of your emails for people who absolutely hate email. I think email is really important. I think it can be a very effective way of communicating. However, it is not my preferred method. I definitely prefer face-to-face or at least over the phone so that it can be a back and forth conversation. And so I feel like I've developed a really great system for how to process emails. If you not only are the type of person who would prefer uh, in-person communication, but also just the type of person who doesn't want to spend all their time answering emails. So I'll be sure to link both of those episodes in today's show notes. So today's classroom story isn't so much a specific incident, but it is something that comes up quite frequently. The moment students have some sort of access to technology, whether it's Chromebooks or iPads or whatever the students are using in your particular school, and then they have to email the teacher. (laughs) And it's so funny because those first couple emails, regardless of whatever age I taught, was always all you know, lowercase, there's never any capitalization, there's very rarely punctuation. And I get it, you know, I think the students, especially in middle school, are much more used to texting or that sort of communication, not writing a formal email, so I don't hold it against them. But it is really funny to get sort of those curt emails from a kid that's basically like, what's the one I always get? Oh, I need help with the homework. Right. That's like it. Like no sign off who the kid is, you know, no punctuation, no capitalization. And and I get it. They they're looking for assistance. They're sort of used to that 
that text conversation where it might be a little more to the point. And so the reason why I bring all this up is as soon as students have email accounts, regardless of the age, they will reach out to you, which I think is fantastic, but they will need training. And it's really easy to assume that they should know how to communicate with email. But if you think about it, you know, if you're my age, you know, in your late 30s, early 40s, I'm 41, you came into email as email was being created as a process in and of itself. And so you sort of like learned as the technology was evolving. So you got to see lots of different ways people wrote email and how it morphed in the types of communication or how things became maybe less formal or more formal, depending on the setting. The students don't have that exposure, right? I mean, email is so sort of boring and bland. They're not even seeing examples of it in TV or like why like think about that like you've never seen in a show like oh look somebody's composing an email and it's showing me how it so it's very important that the first thing you do when the kids have this technology and this can be something you do in the first week of school I've done this is you basically go through teaching the students how to write an email how to address it how to maybe open with a soft greeting so it just doesn't jump right into the problem Um, Although I do think it's good for people to write emails that their question or what they're looking for is within the first, you know, second or third sentence. So, you know, you're not reading all about how their day went and then you're getting to the problem. But for the sake of teaching children, I just treat it like I'm teaching them how to write a letter and I kind of go through the parts of it. And then we talk about different reasons of why they might need to reach out to me or somebody else via email. And then for their homework, they just do that. They just write, you know, me an email, obviously tailor that to the age level that you teach. But I think helping students and modeling for them proper ways of communication through, you know, like I said earlier, a means that's very, very hard to communicate tone is super important. And it's really helpful. And it helped me from being reactive of getting those sort of (laughs) what you might deem like maybe rude or kind of curt emails from the kids. All right. If you have a classroom story that you would like us to feature in an upcoming episode, please email us at podcast at the timecrunchteacher.com. And I'll be sure to put that address in the show notes. We also love hearing from you. So please send us your feedback or requests for future show topics, because we read every single email and comment. And we are just so, so appreciative of all of you who take the time to contact us. So thank you so much for your kind attention today. Until next time, teachers. Bye for now.